You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers defeat Kent State in the round of 64 in the NCAA tournament, 71-60, to in a game that Indiana really controlled, you know, from early in the first half, built an eight-point lead at halftime, pushed that lead up to about, you know, 11, 12 points early in the second half, and Kent State was able to get it down to eight at one point, but otherwise Indiana really able to control this game you know, behind, you know, just some excellent scoring effort from Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis being Trace and really just a terrific team effort defensively to hold Kent State to 60 points. Uh, Indiana will now move on to play the Miami Hurricanes on Sunday after getting their 23rd win of the season this year. The Hoosiers now the highest seeded Big Ten team to advance to the second round uh, of the NCAA tournament. And we're going to talk about Why it all that, on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm your host, Jared Morris. Here with Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, and Andy Bottoms. And guys, let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And, you know, I think there's really only one sequence that you can go to for the Banner Moment. Uh, you know, Kent State hits a couple of threes. Uh, Sullinger, who, you know, kind of known as a, a microwave off the bench, hits a couple of threes in the second half, one where we just didn't locate him in transition. And it brought Indiana's lead to 56 to 48. And it was really kind of the first time in the second half that you thought, "Uh oh, okay, here comes Kent State. We better put a stop to this right now. And we did put a stop to it. Well, one man put a stop to it. And that was Trace Jackson Davis, who literally like right before this, we had been texting back and forth about how he was struggling a little bit to finish. Well, he started finishing. So the first play in that sequence, Trace goes back door. Jalen throws just a beautiful pass to him. And Trace just finishes with this spectacular dunk. I mean, he went so high up. It is a shoe-in to be on the one shining moment montage at the end of the tournament. I guess I shouldn't say that because hopefully he'll have many games and produce even better highlights. But it's the kind of highlight you often see on one shining moment. That put an immediate stop to the momentum. Then on the next possession, Trace got it You know, down in the left corner, did a little hesitation dribble, had a spin, dunked it. That made it 60-48. to 48. Kent State would score again. Then Trace got the ball all the way out at half court, drove all the way, spun, got an and one. That made it 62 to 50. And so even though Kent State, you know, was scoring, Trace just wouldn't let them build any momentum. And it turned into another one of those Trace Jackson Davis is the first player since games as tonight he became the first player to have at least 20 points, 10 boards, five assists and five blocks in an NCAA tournament game since Jared, blocks became good? an official stat. Is that that is great. That is great. And Trace Jackson Davis continues to play at a level that very, very, very few players in the history of this school have played at. He does more to impact winning than any player in the country, and he was absolutely phenomenal tonight and obviously a huge part of the reason why Indiana will continue to march on in this tournament. All right, guys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network. And Home Field Apparel just does incredible work. I saw that they signed a licensing deal with Fairleigh Dickinson like an hour after that game ended, which is just what they do. Uh, and, you know, they go and they pull out old logos that haven't been used in a while. 
and they put them on the most comfortable pieces of fabric that you will ever wear. T-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, whatever it is, they've got it. Uh, and you always know that you're going to be wearing something unique. It's going to feel good. And who knows what's next? Maybe home field apparel headbands. Now that you got Ray Thompson wearing headbands, Miller Cop wearing headbands, who knows? I'm doing their uh, mystery box. Uh, so earlier today, I got two really cool shirts from TCU and Villanova, uh, which was nice. And that's the thing with Home Field. Great products. They have a great presence, you know, on social media. And they do cool stuff like the mystery boxes that just give you a fun way to get their apparel and to celebrate all these great teams that are in the tournament. It's just awesome. We love supporting them. We're so proud that they continue to support us. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Again, the website homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All righty, gentlemen, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Andy, we will start with you, your bottoms line on this Indiana victory. Yeah, really, uh, really complete performance from IU. I thought they, um, you know, struggled on the offensive, you know, on the defensive glass in the first half, but, um, and and certainly like most fans got a little bit worried when Jalen picked up his second foul. And for a while, they just kind of you know, held their ground for a little bit there, but eventually that run toward the end of the half, they'd actually extended lead by a point by then and really came out like they did at the beginning of the game. They came out strong, came out strong at the start of the second half. Race Thompson was a huge part of both those uh, early runs and, and really just kept Kent State at arm's length. The only time it really started to get a little tense was um, right before the, the sequence of dunks from from Trace uh, that you mentioned. And really, other than that, I thought IU, uh, you know, had control of the game, gave up some open shots that Kent State missed. Kent State also hit a few prayers at the end of the shot clock, so that probably evens itself out a little bit in the end. Um, but really thought, thought that IU played in control for the most part, took good care of the basketball. I think most of the turnovers they had in the game really came late once things were already decided. And uh, just a, a really solid performance in the, in the first round uh, against a team a lot of people picked to make an upset. Just didn't ever really fall behind and, and let it feel like that was a possibility uh, for the large stretches of the game and, and certainly never felt that way in the second half. Yeah, well said. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Well, I just thought it uh, was the kind of performance that Indiana needed to start their tournament run. They got off to a good start. They were able to gradually build a lead. There were a couple times when at 29-27 they responded in the last part of the first half, which I thought really gave uh, a little bit of separation going into the halftime. Their start of the second half was outstanding. And, yeah, they got down to eight the one time you said, and then again back down to ten. But really, when you have that kind of separation, those many runs don't really affect you as well. I think Coach Woodson had a fantastic uh, game, uh, plays coming out of timeouts. When he took timeouts, I thought was very important. And he was on one tonight. Like, he wasn't letting anything up. There was a time Trace gave up a dunk. He's he was a little it. lazy. And, and they called timeout. And Indiana's just responded up 13 or something, and everyone's going crazy. And he was right in. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis's uh, grill getting on him for giving up that dunk. He wasn't up cheering. I like that. I I really like that focus. Uh, He wants to win. He knows what it takes to win. And and I thought uh, the offense tonight, while it wasn't fantastic, I thought they tried to do some stuff. They they didn't just stick uh, Trace Jackson Davis in the low post. They they ran that Terry Morin play a couple times. Uh, They ran some Chicago action. 
some three-man weave at the top with the ball screen action. I thought he put Trace on the move because he knew Kent State to win would have to double and turn over Indiana. And they when, when they did, Trace there had a run where he had two or three tough possessions. So kudos to Coach there for not putting him in that position too much. I thought it was fantastic uh, effort all, all the way around. It's almost 1 o'clock Eastern. We just cracked the 1,000 viewer mark here. Hey, it's fun to celebrate. Let's NCAA go. Tournament wins. Let's do it. Uh, Ryan, Cheers. over to you. Yeah, you know, this was, in my opinion, one of Indiana's two best performances of the season, the other being the road win at Purdue, I think. And that's just a, a situational uh, win. And also, Trace Jackson Davis just didn't have his best game, and everybody else stepped up. Well, that was a pattern tonight, too, is that early Trace was a little off. He wasn't finishing. I think it was a case of he had so much adrenaline and had been waiting for this for so long and wasn't exhausted like last year that he kind of overdid it. And he was shooting. The ball was coming out a little hard. And and it and, he, you know, he just and then, you know, that adrenaline makes you work harder than you need to. And you kind of run out of gas and he needed that second win. He got that second win with that dunk and went on a great run. But what won this game for Indiana was guys like Race Thompson and Miller Cop stepping up. This is the best game of Race Thompson's season. It looked like 2022 Race Thompson. We've seen flashes of that over the last few weeks. We've seen him have bad games. But we've also seen him kind of start to look like the guy we expected him to be. I mean, there's one possession where he had three offensive rebounds on one possession just because of relentless effort. He's diving on the floor to get balls. He's, you know, he's there defensively consistently just right along Trace Jackson Davis. And then he was making shots and he was scoring on the interior just confidently, finishing dunks through through contact. And then Miller Cop missed a couple shots early and then didn't bother him. Locked in, hit a hit a couple of really key threes. I love the one from the corner. As soon as it left his hand, he started sprinting back on defense. He just knew. And we did the Steph Curry thing. Um, but Miller was locked in on both ends, and they kind of held level until you know it got got a lead and they kind of held it there. And then Trace got going, and he was the closer tonight. On a night where Jalen Huchifino didn't have his jump shot, mostly because Kent State defended him really well. Uh, he was not hitting that curl, you know, jump shot from the elbow. Other guys stepped up, man. And and we've, we've said it all year. This team is going to be as good as its role players. And the role players stepped up tonight, held serve until Trace got it going, and then Trace closed like only he can. And I'm sorry, after the events of today, he's the best big man in the country. Sorry. Uh, on both ends of the floor, that guy is the best big man in the country, and he proved it while his other competitors did not. Certainly the need... best one still playing. I mean. <laughs> that is not debatable. You don't need to apologize for stating facts on this show, Brian. Yeah, it was just all... kind of a courtesy. I'm sorry. All... Um, all... Didn't really mean it. Oh, good. No, I mean, you make a great point, you know. We've talked so long, you know, who's going to step up? Who's going to be that reliable guy, you know, as a as a third or fourth scorer? And you come into this and you say, boy, Jalen's only going to have eight points. You know, you're feeling a little iffy. But because Ray stepped up and scored 20 and Miller stepped up and scored 13, you got what you needed, you know? And yep. so that production was there. One more thing about the, the role players. I mean, Tamar Bates was 0 of 6. And I, I didn't like the long two he took at one point. I thought he forced another one. But one of his three pointers was in and out. I mean, it was down and came out. Another one was the right shot to take. It just didn't go. It's a we I mean, shooting is very, you know, it's fickle when you're in a new arena. It can be tough, but I didn't have a huge problem. I had a problem with him fouling the three point shooter, and I had a problem with the long two. I didn't really have a problem with the rest of his game tonight. 
And so, uh, you know, even though that line says 0-6, I think he's another guy who helped them kind of hold serve, didn't give up any big runs, didn't, you know, fall apart at any point. And then you just wait for your All-American to be an All-American, and he was. And and so he's another guy. I think just the line may not look good, but I didn't think he played horribly. He struggled defensively early, got blown he by, had that was, foul, and then he picked it back up a little bit. Again, I think it was the adrenaline thing where you're in this atmosphere for the first time, and it's it's too much, and you're just kind of overdoing everything. And then he settled into the game. Yes, sir, Ryan, where does like a 935 Eastern tip, you know, on your range of like good to great. optimal, like where I is that? One? I, the later, the better, <laughs> you know, you get to rest longer all day. The only bad part about these tips is if you play late one night and early the next or something like that, or it's flipped. Well, late we do have news. Great. We do have news on that. Indiana will be playing Sunday against Miami. My wife earlier today is like, so when will they play Sunday? I'm like, I don't know, but it'll be in the late window. Late. She's like, why is that? It's like, because they know IU brings the eyeballs, so we'll be playing there. Um, Indiana will play, what is it, 840 Eastern time on Sunday against Miami. Coach, I want to talk about the defense, you know, because I thought coming in, the perimeter defense was going to have to be huge for Indiana, and it was going to have to be huge in two ways. One, you know, obviously those two guys for Kent State, Sincere Carey, Malik, uh, what's his name, Malik Jacobs, you know, they're really kind of the guys that make Kent State go. And in some of their, you know, big losses, like against Gonzaga, against Houston, you know, Carey was a very inefficient shooter. And so it was going to be big for Jalen and Trey to defend those guys and make it tough on them, but also to be able to do it without fouling. Now, you know, Jalen obviously got the two in the first half and had to sit. Indiana was able to weather that storm. That but I thought, me, by the way. well, worried all of us. And we'll talk about it more in meaningful moments. But, you know, I thought overall, and I think you can throw Tamar in this too, after kind of a slow start. I thought those guys really did a good job of making them work for their points. I mean, that one three that Sincere Carey hit at the very end of the shot clock. I mean, that was good defense, you know, and they they had to hit Andy some tough shots. Out of bounds and it got missed, by the way. Yeah, too. but but I just I thought both those guys, Jalen and Trey, even though their offensive production was a little bit more muted tonight. No, I thought they did some good things in transition, but they weren't big scores. I thought they really did a great job of setting the tone defensively for Indiana and just, you know, harassing those two Kent State guards. Yeah, I, I think there was only maybe one time they really got a clean, open look. And you mentioned that in the opening comments. On, uh, they lost that Sullinger in transition to bring the shot down to eight. The, the, they were really within eight at halftime, and it was a late shot clock, a four-point play that Tamar had his hands down and then contested late and fouled. And then it was that scramble late three-pointer, too. So it was desperation heaves. But it's it, – they did a nice job of keeping their hands off. You're going to get beat on straight line drives in a college game, but you want to just make them curl out a little bit more and make it tough. And I'm telling you, it is a privilege if you're a perimeter defender to know you got Trace Jackson Davis back there who can help clean up uh, at the rim. That's why I, I don't like helping on those drives too much and giving that kick out three uh, open threes because even a, a sub – uh, you know, percentage three point. If you're open on a kick, and you saw that one of the first threes was a, they had the guy at the nail. They stopped the drive, and then it got kicked out. Miller took the first pass, but then his man was wide open in the corner, yeah. and the guy hit an open three. E even poor shooters when open, their percentage goes up. So I thought they did a good job of not needing to to be in that kind of a defense uh, too much. And, and you just do it with foot speed, and you got to turn and run. It used to be you know lift the foot and push back in my day and slide defensive slides now it is your first step is is important and then you got to turn and run and try to beat them 
to a spot and then contest his action. And I thought the I thought the perimeter players did exactly that. I thought a couple of the things uh, they did well defensively. A few things come to mind. Uh, really did a great job of taking away that baseline drive pass to the corner. Um, there were a couple times they forced turnovers, not by intercepting the pass, but by getting in position and making the guy make a different pass that was a lot more difficult than um, than it was there. Which I think is uh, you know a, a hat tip to the uh, scouting report. It sounded like it was Coach Yah who had it uh, based on comment I saw from TJD. So I thought they did a good job of taking that away. You know, Galloway picks up his first foul. I think less than two minutes into the game and finished with one foul on the game. And uh, you know, he competed. He got beat a couple times, but really. Uh, really did a good job trying to trying to keep them in front of them, make them make tough shots, uh, which they, you know, if you listen to any of the scouting reports that we had on them uh, over the course of the week, that was the, some of the discussion. They make big shots, they make tough shots. Uh, and so that we saw that at times, but generally didn't give up anything easy. And and Trace was really effective uh, as a shot blocker. Uh, and, and I think gives those guys a little bit of extra to be able to go out and, and push out a little bit more. And I thought you also saw IU double the post a little bit when they would try to post up their guards. They'd run somebody at them and really try to get people out. I think it was pretty clear for the most part, based on how IU played, who they were willing to give up shots to and who they weren't. Uh, and I thought they did a good job of sticking to that throughout and, and really did a nice job of, you know, short of that one stretch where Solinger hit those couple, he's really the guy that you didn't want to get uh, to get hot. I felt like they largely made the guys take shots that they wanted to take shots. You know, another place to give Trace Jackson Davis credit, as, as Andy talks about just how great he was as a shot blocker, is a couple times he got switched on to Sincere Carey on the perimeter, had no trouble with him, you know, and was able to use his length to prevent the long the long shot, but also have the quickness to get back every time Carey tried to drive on him. And he got himself into trouble when he drove because he buried himself, and then everybody else had their covers on the perimeter. I thought Indiana... You're right, Coach. There were a couple times they were one step slow on that rotation to get some open threes for for Kent State. But in general, they were recovering. They were scrambling. They knew where they had to go, and they were there. Uh, that's good scouting. So credit to the They ran them off the line. Yeah, it's they good They ran them off the line and forced them into TJD. They and, did. And, and did a really good job of that. And race, too. I mean, they, there were a couple times they drove right into race Thompson. They're just not taking that shot. He didn't have any blocks, but they were not taking that shot. He's a big dude, and they know he's a good defender. So... And you're constantly, if you're driving, you're constantly aware of of Trace's prowess in there, especially when he's got the bounce back that he had tonight. You know, there were there were a couple games in there late in the season where he didn't really have much bounce, and tonight he had it. And you know, they missed like twelve layups in the first half. I think they said, and they were nine of thirty for the game. That's shot blockers. I mean, that's uh, Malik was in there a little bit too, messed, mixing it up. I mean, that's. You know, that fear is the reason those perimeter defenders, as you said, coach, there's a reason the perimeter defenders can play the way they can on that three point line. And that's why it's frustrating when they in games where they don't, because give let them go, you know, let them go because you've got the defense back there and you've got the backside rotation, too, if Trace needs to roll up. Um, but, yeah, just a great defensive performance. I mean, you can't say enough about they it. The, the the one thing they're going to need to do as they advance is rebound better. Uh, and, and that happens when you have a shot blocker. you got to crack down on the weak side because the shot blocker leaves his guy. And, and so you get some advantage if the ball's blocked in a, in a way you can get it. If they get the shot off, then uh, – and, and our guards and our – you know, Miller and Tamar, they're not the greatest rebounders in, in the world. So that's where Hood Shafino and Galloway got to get in there a little bit better because that kept Kent State in the game for the most part in the first half was – you know, they had nine second-chance points. So 
you know, again, we won the game and it was a very dominant performance, but that is the one area exiting this game that I think Coach Woodson's going to have to try to clean up because you want Trace Jackson Davis being that shot blocker because they, they were nervous as hell trying to get in there. I mean, they weren't, they weren't comfortable at all. So you don't want to take that away. So you got to be willing to give up some of those offensive rebounds. But, boy, I think in the first half it was 10. That, that's just way too many chances. And as the teams get a little bit tougher and a little bit tougher, those extra points might make the difference in whether you advance or not. So that would be that's once they celebrate that and tomorrow's breakfast is over, I'm sure that's going to be an area that uh, Coach Woodson's going to harp on in film and in practice. Yeah, Indiana gave up 19 offensive rebounds today. And look, yeah. this has been a story. And part of the reason why Indiana is able to win, even when it has these rebounding deficits, is because, you know, Indiana still has a top 30 effective field goal percentage defense in the country. So, you know, they're able to challenge some of those second, you know, chance opportunities and just, you know, play solid defense. And so that's you know, how they beat Purdue at Purdue was just limiting yes. their buckets after second chances because Purdue out rebound the hell out of them. But right. Mm hmm. They yeah. recover well. You know, the other big storyline uh, that we talked about a lot coming into this game was turnovers on Indiana's side. You know, Kent State turns people over as much as anybody in the country. You know, they've got guards that can really get up in you, force turnovers. We have seen this team be plagued by casual ball handling at times, whether they've had rest, whether they haven't had rest. It's just been something that has happened. Tonight, we saw none of that. Indiana had seven turnovers total. Three of those were trace. You know, when he's trying to handle a double or triple team. Yeah. Uh, You know, Jalen had two of them. Uh, Trey uh, had one turnover. And that was it for the backcourt guys. And they handled the ball. Only two in the first half, too. Yeah. So, I mean, Andy, you know, that that was big. You know, because this is a Kent State team that tends to feed off of momentum. And if they can turn you over, they're not a, you know, they're not a good offensive team. They're definitely not a good half court offensive team. And so they want to get, you know, some of those pick sixes going the other way and get some easy transition points. Indiana just didn't give them any of those opportunities, you know, and they just they weren't going to be able to score enough in a half court set on Indiana if Indiana didn't give them easy points. And so, again, you know, I think you look at, you know, I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about trace and game ball and race, you know, for the hustle award and the numbers don't jump out for Jalen and Trey, but I thought Jalen and Trey did everything tonight, but score. I thought they were good defensively. They managed the game. Well, they didn't turn the ball over all the stuff that you needed to do to not beat yourself against Kent state. I thought those two guys really did. Um, and protecting the ball was right at the top of the list. Yeah. And really, if you look at the the turnovers, it was about a minute and a half. Once it got to about six minutes left in the game, it was about a minute and a half. IU had three of those turnovers all not, directly in a row but they might have been pretty close to three possessions in a row you had uh, a couple by trace you had the the missed lob from Jalen um but but yeah in general I thought they took care of the ball really well and, and Galloway had to log huge minutes had to handle the ball a ton while Huchifino was on the bench toward the end of the first half and th- I, don't, I won't say struggled but wasn't really you know wasn't wasn't really doing a whole lot uh in that stretch but that last stretch of the half where uh, it went from I think it was twenty six twenty three at the under four timeout, uh, and, and you know IU ends up expanding that lead out, outscored him you know nine to four the rest of the half. He was a really big part of that. He got beat on a drive, um, but then had a good drive of his own a couple possessions later to get it back. Took good care of the basketball and and really allowed IU to keep Huchifino on the bench during that stretch when I think everybody was uh, kind of worried like. 
you need to get him back in the game. Can you really ride this out? And, uh, you know, I thought he was, was steady during that stretch and then played, uh, played even better than that in the second half made, you know, a couple shots here and there when he, uh, you know, when he needed to, but didn't really score a lot. But I thought, um, like you said, I thought he was a, didn't get caught up, pushed the ball when it needed to be pushed. Um, I think there was a lot that he got to TJD when the game was kind of frenetic and you might've been tempted to say, Hey, slow it down. He saw the opening. He saw that they weren't back and just went streaking up the floor through a good lob to trace. And I just thought he, he made really good decisions in terms of when to push it and when not to. And IU in large parts of this game was at their best when they were in transition. Certainly in the first half, they were really tried to push the pace when they would get rebounds and, and get it down the floor. And I thought he was a huge part of that. Yeah, I was just going to say about the pace was was really important, and it has been in the last few games. They get out and they look to run and push it early in the games. I think Indiana's gotten off to really good starts, and today they didn't have they had a little bit of a drought in the first half offensively, but not near what they had against Penn State and Maryland. But I really like the way they're starting games by trying to get get going offensively a little bit quicker and making decisions. And, man, they're really good uh, at finding shooters in transition, and that's a way to get guys shots in this offense. And you saw Miller Cop was struggling early with too many pull-up jumpers. I, I texted, he's got to quit taking those. Just take the threes. Be aggressive taking the threes. Yeah. And, and then they found him. But I, I agree with Andy on the pace. I, I wrote that down and – I really, it, it is it is good basketball. It, it's a way, you know. Ray Scott was the uh, the benefactor of that early. Uh, they and it really put pressure on Kent State because I'm sure they, you know, had their scheme ready defensively on the half court what they were going to do. And Indiana just never they got a good lead without having to go to any of their their set patterns or plays. And that's just something I'd like to see Indiana do. We've pushed for that for years uh, that that we haven't played at a at a pace that that we all enjoyed, and it's starting to. It's starting to materialize now, and I just thought that was a, that was an important part of today's uh, start. And, and then, you know, Woodson had to pull him back. Uh, he called that timeout at ten minutes because it got a little helter skelter, and there, everyone was going a little too fast with a thirteen fourteen point lead. Uh, and I thought that was another good decision there. Like, yeah, we want to play with pace, but now that we have the lead, uh, we want to play just a little bit differently. So, but yeah, I thought that was really really good way to start the basketball game. Yep. Okay, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 11-point win in the NCAA tournament over Kent State, we will point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is AJ Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. There's someone who knows a little something about beating Kent State in the NCAA tournament. The great A.J. Moye. Thank you, A.J. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, the coach Brian Tonsoni, and Andy Bottoms. It may be 1.15 in the morning where they are, but they are here because, you know, it's not every day that we get to celebrate NCAA tournament victories. Uh, and so we want to do it all together, no matter how late it is. Uh, and so that is why we are here. And it's the top of segment two, so you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have Yes, it is time for tonight's Meaningful Moments That You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. I saw someone donated tickets to this game in Albany to Hoosier Ticket Project. I'm sure they fulfilled that request and allowed someone to go see this awesome game. Uh, To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, Visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. You know, Coach, I had circled on my notes. You've mentioned it a couple times, that timeout that Coach Woodson took in the second half. Uh, and I, I just, you know, we all texted each other. I think we all tweeted at the same time. This is a great timeout by Woody. You know, don't allow any slippage. Indiana's up 54 to, to 42. Uh, you know, we'd given up a few offensive rebounds. It's not often that you say Trace takes a bad shot, but I thought he took a bad shot where he was like 10 feet out and just kind of flipped it up nonchalantly. Uh, And you could just tell, like, you're right, Coach. Like, Woody was not messing around. He was intense all night long. And even in that timeout, like, he was super – he stared somebody down for like 10 seconds. I think it might have been Renew. I don't know if he said something to him or if he was mad at him, but, I mean, he stared him down for like 10 seconds. We come right out of the timeout. Trace finds Jalen. Jalen goes back door, gets that little layup. It's 56 to 42. But I just, you know, I just, I mean, it was great coaching because, you know, you're up 12, but you know you don't want to give them an inch, you know, because this is a team that has had a habit of, you know, you get comfortable and things slip. And all of a sudden, two minutes of bad basketball goes by and a lead that you spent, that you spent 28 minutes building is gone. And Woody just wasn't going to have it. And I just thought it was a great timeout. And I thought his demeanor to basically say, like, I'm not messing around. You guys better not mess around. I thought it was the exact message to send. And the team responded. And, you know, again, Kent State got it down to 10 at some point. But it, it never felt this game like we had one of those, like, what are we doing sequences? Maybe a play here or there but not a stretch. And I give a lot of that credit to the coaching staff and to coach Woodson for just making sure it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. He, he, he was definitely on when I felt <laughs> sorry for the sideline reporter in the timeout, you know, uh, my son and I both hate those. Like, you know, I know you got to do that for recruiting and put on a happy face and do that. But we were, we were sitting down here going, what would you say, dad? And I'm like, yeah, we got a, you know, total, um, Popovich, the, the interview, right? But he was short there. We're not score, We're not executing on offense. And then at halftime, come out, yeah, we're not good on offense. You could just tell that halftime was not going to be fun or pleasant for the guys, even though they had made a, a little bit of run. And I think what, what that shows is that he understands this team. He, and sometimes as a coach, 
you know your team is up and down. And they've been up and down in games. They've been up and down with their focus, the Iowa situation. And you try really hard as a coach to even those uh, moments out, and you can't. So then you're like, I'm going to make sure they know that I'm going to be focused and I'm going to be on them because they really need that. And I thought that was in play tonight. I just saw every time he looked yeah. at him, he was pissed. You know, I mean, if his wife would have waved to him, he would have been pissed. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just really, it was really what you want from a coach, you know. Um, and, and I thought, you know, sometimes you can be focused on that motivation piece and not call a good game too. And I thought, man, especially out of timeouts, you meant reference that backdoor play. That was beautiful because the ball went right in and they faked the handoff because they've run a lot of handoffs recently. And they brought Jalen Hood Shafino under thought they were going to run the Chicago action. I mean, that was brilliant uh, out of timeouts, but I thought he did a good job as well. So he didn't just focus on uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be pissed off at everyone all day. He, he actually, uh, I, I thought it was just really well done from the coaching staff. Uh, uh, absolutely. You know, Ryan, one of the things that we've talked about a lot this year when it comes to Indiana and the three-point shot, obviously, is, hey, you know, the volume's not very high for a team that can shoot that well. But it's also been the timing of the threes and how a three-pointer can be such a huge momentum swing. And I thought twice in the second half, Indiana was able to get one of those. So at one point, you know, it was 40-31, to sincere carry, you know, drove in. Um, I think this was on a transition play. He missed it. It was really good defense by Trey. Like he didn't foul him, but he made sure that he knew he was there and he kind of threw up a bad shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, which was a theme. I mean, Kent State missing shots close to the rim was a theme all night long. Uh, Jalen got it. He kicks it out to Miller for a three, drains it, you know, a transition three. That made it 43 exactly 31. When he needed it. Right. Trace would score on the next possession. It killed any momentum and got it back on Indiana's side. That's what a three pointer can do. A few minutes later, uh, it's 47-37. Again, Kent State's on a little, you know, 4-0 run. Trey drives baseline, finds Miller in the corner, hits a three. It's 50-37. to Then on the very next possession, Trace missed. Race followed with a dunk. It's 52-37. That was twice that Kent State, it felt like they might be able to make a little run and a three-pointer just shut it down. And not only did it shut it down, it kind of built momentum for Indiana that seemed to lead into their next possession where they went and scored. So not just huge shots by Miller, but huge in terms of the flow of the game. And that's what Indiana has been missing in some of these games when they don't get enough of those attempts. And tonight, not a huge amount of attempts, 14, but the ones they made were really big. They're all big. Yeah, I, I just think that a, a three-pointer is demoralizing because you can work really hard and get a two and another team comes, the other team comes down, hits a three, and it's, it's not only undone your work, it's added another point in their favor. And, and, you know, coach, you were talking about that timeout and, and the sequence before it, Indiana got up 15 uh, when Malik Renew had a second chance bucket. Then they foul a guy, gets a three point play, cuts it to 12. You're still at 12 with 1145 to go. You still feel pretty good, but the sequence after that tomorrow missed a three, they got a layup. They missed, got the offensive rebound. And then uh, trace had a, uh, had to block a layup. Then, you know, they go down, Trace misses a jumper, defensive rebound, misses, they, they had an open three-pointer they missed, got an offensive rebound, missed another three-pointer. I mean, so they were giving stuff up. Kent State just wasn't taking advantage. And what happens after Trace gets the rebound, dribble up the court, Woody calls the timeout. They, they, they sub out Miller, get him a rest, bring in Trey Galloway for defense, and it, and it resets everything. And you're right about that timeout. That is Mike Woodson evolving because in the NBA, they let guys play. You, they let you figure it out on the court. That was the Phil Jackson innovation, essentially, of the NBA was trust your guys to figure it out because later on that will have 
built up in them and they will know how to get through tough stretches. That doesn't really work in college. Uh, also, uh, you have Michael and Kobe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and and Shaq and whoever else. But, it, you know, a 5-0 run in college can become a 15-0 run like that. And so it, it's just a different vibe. And also in the NBA, you have guys who could just go get their shot and, and go get a good shot, whereas you need to usually run offense in college to get it. And so a good adjustment there by Mike Woodson. He saved the timeouts in the first half when he could have used one a little bit earlier, could have used one earlier in the second half, decided to let them play through it. But at that point, some guys were sucking wind. They were missing their rotations. Call timeout. Get one guy a rest who's been key to your game. Bring in your best perimeter defender and then settle it down, run a play and get Jalen Huchifino an easy bucket. I, I, that was a great adjustment. And along with that, and along with the, the, the scouting report from Michelle Roseman, it's a great job by the coaching staff. They had them ready to play and they, there was nothing that Kent state did that you ever felt like Indiana wasn't ready for that all night long, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I just think this game, as you guys have mentioned, was played at their pace. It was played at the way they wanted. And you have to give the coaching staff credit for that. They imposed their will on Kent state rather than being reactive. We haven't seen that all season. Uh, you know, we've seen it at times this season for long stretches, but we haven't seen it for a whole game other than I think the two times they played Purdue. And, and so it was really nice to see this today. Andy. Yeah, I thought as you look at IU this season, when they're playing their best, it's and really this is probably true over the course of the last few seasons. It, it's not letting one mistake become four. Uh, and I thought there were a couple stretches in um the, the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half where that was true. I mean, I took a timeout, had that whatever the hell that possession was at the end of the first half uh, that went poorly. Then the ball keeps getting knocked out of bounds, continue to go poorly. Um, but, you know, didn't hang their heads. TJD gets a huge block at the end of the half. Tomorrow actually almost banked in a three, but it was, you know, they didn't let what they were unable to do offensively in that scenario impact them on the defensive end. Then you come out in the first play of the second half, Race Thompson fouls a guy from behind on a on a jump shot, but he comes back, hits a three at the other end. Um, and really, that started a huge stretch where it was like all the seniors making plays. It's, you know, Race hits a three. Cop gets fouled after a great box out. Um, you know, Race ends up with a dunk. TJD got absolutely hammered, didn't get you know, didn't get a foul call, but then Kent State hits a dunk or, you know, gets a dunk. But then it goes into that for that situation that you talked about where, uh, you know, cop hits that first three. And I just thought littered throughout notes that I took in the beginning of the second half was Miller cop, race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis, just totally carried him. And for all that you look at with college basketball, um, you got so many more older guys now who have been around the block a few times and things like that. I mean, that really helped IU today, but I thought, and maybe it's just having those kinds of guys that have been around and seen those things that they're able to overcome and not let that one mistake become four, bounce back, move on to the next play, make the next play. Uh, and I think that really is what helped keep Penn State at arm's length. They didn't get it on a huge run because IU was always there to step up and, and make the next play to stop you know, things from snowballing. So, you know, it's, it's one game we've seen this team play up and down, but those are the kinds of things that are so important in, in tournament play is to not be the one on the, the receiving end of those big runs. And for tonight, at least I thought they were able to, to bounce back after making a poor play uh, and really keep the momentum uh, with IU for the majority of the game. Coach, any moments for you? 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something. Libby in the in the chat and I are thinking about the same thing. Uh, they were happy playing basketball uh, tonight. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, they were. And, and when when you play loose, uh, you play better. We've seen that as the last game in the tournament. You see the teams that were tight, uh, and and as the game got going, uh, you know, a famous line from Andy Bottoms: "There was a lot of tight butts uh, in a, in a game prior to the Indiana." Only as Andy Bottoms could text uh, was is a true statement. It made me made me chuckle. Um, but they were smiling, and and the moment for me was when Trey Galloway got knocked down on an illegal screen, and, and he's sitting down there and real serious look on his face and people are leaning over and then all of a sudden he just popped right up and said, I'm okay. Got the call. Uh, We're just, good. Got the call, <laughs> smiled. Uh, but yeah, you that saw was like that the Ryan Kidwell of, uh, yeah, just popping yeah. up. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, good. it's like lay down there like you're knocked out and they just pick one eye out. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh yeah, we got the call. We're good. Okay. To be clear though, let's he, go, got go. he got hammered. He did not yeah, sell he did. anything. He got crushed. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but the point is, Good basketball teams in in March play loose and confident, but focused basketball. You had a coach who was really working to keep them focused. You had players on the bench with a lot of energy uh, that didn't play. You had players out there that were 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 focused, but were having fun playing the game of basketball. When your butt gets tight, your butt cheeks or free up your butt cheeks, whatever that dang drop that I have uh, in your in your soundboard, you don't keep play well. Yeah, so I just thought that was symbolic of one of the the reasons, the foundational reasons why Indiana played well. Turn your butt cheeks on. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. That was great to hear that one. Thanks. Always. Which, okay, do you know who originally said that line? Do you know whose line that was originally? Oh. It was from uh, an off-season workout video. Cliff Marshall was saying that to the players. <laughs> they were working yeah. out. Um. Okay, let's talk numbers. Uh, you know, I think there's, I think this is a game where there's a lot of numbers that you know that really kind of tell the story of it. I'll tell you the biggest number for me is Indiana was up 19 to 12 when Jalen Huchifino got a second foul in the first half, and they ended up so they're up by seven, and they ended up going into halftime with an eight point lead. And if you had told me that we were going to miss Jalen for about half of the first half or seven eight minutes, I would have said this is not good. Remembering what happened against Michigan State, knowing how Kent State likes to play, but Indiana really came around and they were able to manufacture some looks in, you know, out of the half court. I thought there were a couple bad half court possessions where they didn't get anything going. And so they did that little dribble drive weave at the top and it got Trey going downhill and he was able to, you know, get a layup. And so they, or he found a trace or race, you know, and so they were to get some things going, but just the fact that they were not just able to weather the storm, I was kind of hoping, Hey, let's just, you know, be ahead at halftime by two or three. But the fact that they actually pushed that lead out again, I think it's a huge testament to the work traded. I think you got to give Tamar Bates credit because he had the ball in his hand some there too, and didn't turn the ball over. Uh, and defensively, that's a big part of the reason why Indiana was able to maintain that lead because they just never let Kent state get going. So that, to me, being plus one in the minutes that Jalen didn't play in the first half, you know, given how that's gone in the past, that is the biggest number for me um, because it made sure that Indiana went into halftime in control of the game as they should be, and they never relinquished it in the second half. Uh, Andy, what were the big numbers that stood out to you? I think before I hit, hit that, I think what you said is, is so important. I mean, how many games have we talked about with IU where it was – you know, any game they've lost this year, you I feel like we get on and talk about missed opportunities to extend a lead or do something else. And and that could have been the story of the first half, but that run 
at the end of it made, made certain that that wasn't the case. Um, you know, I think as you look at it, the second half, IU 48.5% from the field, 42.9% uh, from 3, 3 of 7 in the second half. I really felt like for as aggressive uh, and as tough as Kent State had proven to be defensively, it felt like IU could get the ball where they wanted to uh, whenever they really needed to on, on offense. They had a couple of turnovers late when Kent State was really playing desperate uh, and really kind of attacking guys off the, you know, on the dribble and seeing if somebody's going to call a foul or not. And uh, But I thought in general the offense in the second half was really smooth. I think that's a testament to ha- being able to have Jalen play so much more than he did in the first half, not that Trey didn't do an admirable job. Uh, as, as during that stretch that you talked about, but uh, just to be you don't able want it to, to have, go on too long, <laughs> yeah, yeah the full complement of team. guys out there it was, yeah. it, it really felt like they weren't phased by. We talked about the turnover numbers that they weren't really as phased by that, and you know, end up with 14 assists uh, for the game. I actually thought, um, you know, Galloway he he ended up with four. I actually felt like he had more, and probably could say that about a couple guys, but I thought, you know, those were things that that really spoke to how well. Uh, IU is playing offensively. Um, fast break point sixteen to three. That talks about to the, speaks to the pace yep. uh, stuff that Coach and I talked about earlier. I thought that was really if there was you know one big area as you look down. You know IU got outscored by a ton in bench points, um, twenty one to four in that scenario. But uh, but yeah, I thought the fast break points was huge because when IU was able to get out and push, they were able to be successful, and uh, that was a you know those were those were key plays that really either started or extended runs and, and helped them build the lead. Ryan, yeah, you look at Indiana and you expect them to win the bench point or the uh, the points in the paint tonight, but to win it by twenty forty six to twenty six, and then only lose the three point battle by six points, uh, you're going to win that game. I mean, that's just to be able to use their they utilize their size, they had a huge size advantage to utilize it the right way. And earlier in the day, you saw teams not utilize their size advantage and get beaten. And so, and I'm not just talking about Purdue, by the way, it's not just a shot of Purdue. There are other teams where you have that advantage inside, you've got to use it. And then you also use it to open up the rest of the offense. And I think that Indiana did that effectively. Miller cop was able to get those threes because of the work done inside. Uh, and it works the other way too. The threes open up the lanes inside as well. And Trace Jackson Davis was hounded all night and was able to pass out of the double teams, make things happen. And also that opens, you know, the, the attention to, to, to trace open things up for race as well. So on the backside, so to win the, to win the points in the paint by 20 points and only lose the three point uh, battle by, by six uh, is huge for Indiana. Also, neither team really went to the free throw line that much. 11 for Indiana, 12 for Kent state. They were able to guard without fouling um, and were able to, you know, make their, make, make good of their opportunities. when they went there eight of 11 from the free throw line. So uh, across the board, you just look at the scoring metrics and it lined up exactly how Indiana wanted to play this game and they executed. And I mean, kudos to everybody up and down the line because, it played out exactly as you would script an Indiana win to play out. There were a lot fewer fouls in this game than I thought there were going to be. Yep. I thought there were going to be a lot more. Coach, what number stands yeah, out to you? Um, if you would have told me that Race Thompson and Miller Cop would score 33 points and Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis would combine for 32 and we're playing tomorrow, uh, or just <laughs> that they those two would outscore uh, our, our two. But that's so important to get some uh, you know Help. alternative scoring. 
uh, and race has just been uh, was fantastic tonight. Just so good to see him play at the high level that that we have expected him and seen over over his tenure. Uh, and then Miller Cop six uh, sh- uh, three shots uh, shots from three. He was three of six. Uh, he just needs to take threes. He needs to be confident when he's hesitant or or using the shot fake too much. I know he got a nice little and one. On, on that drive, that was nice too. But it looked like there are times when he could just catch and let it go. Uh, and I know it takes some time for him to get his shot off, but we need his shots. They are daggers, especially if you're guarding the inside and you're guarding the middle ball screen and Hood Shafino, and then you get those threes uh, from him. Uh, he needs to take six a game at least, uh, in, in my opinion. He did that tonight. Indiana uh, almost got to 15, and when, when they take 15 or more, uh, the offense runs. So. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think that was a little bit shocking, uh, but it was much, ne- much needed. And that kind of contribution will be needed going forward. Coach, you could see that there was a focus and it must've been something on the film. They were driving towards the baseline more and sliding Miller instead of from the wing, sliding him to the baseline, making that pass under the basket yep. or looking for yep. that tonight. The baseline they have, drift. They have not done that very much this year. It must've been something about Kent State's defensive rotations that they notice. I mean, Miller shot from there sometimes, but it's usually straight from TJD or across the defense or a skip from the, from the top wing. But, but you saw that they would, Usually Indiana drives over the top. They are not a baseline drive team unless it's a TJD spin move. And they were driving towards the baseline and looking not just for TJD or race, but looking for Miller dropping to the corner. And it was really smart because guess what? He was open. And a couple times he, you know, it took a little bit of time to get there. So he had a hard close it. That's where you got those pull-ups where he drove in and shot it. And, and look, you're right about those pull-ups. I think he should have fired the threes, but both of those were in and out in the first half too. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, you know, it, it's a contested two. You don't want to take that, but right. both almost went down. I mean, you know, so I, I just think that they were in a good rhythm and they knew where they could get shots against Kent state. Just got to hope it, now they find places they can get shots against Miami. And your guy race was shooting with confidence and in rhythm Agreed. without hesitation. His um, motion has never it, been a problem. His mind. No, it, it's his mind. And we, you need that for six games in order to hang a banner. And this is game one. Now you got to fix the things. You got a whole different team in Miami with a couple of really good guards. You know, some of the shots, maybe that uh, Kent state missed tonight, uh, will go in uh, against a team like Miami. So we'll have to mm-hmm. figure figure that out. But, boy, that scoring from those two, you, you just have to because sometimes as good as they are, that's a lot of pressure for both of those guys to have to carry six games in a row. Yeah, as I look, one other thing defensively for IU, you, you know, all the talk coming in was about veteran guards for the opponent. And Jacobs and Kerry combined to go 8 for 29 from the field. Took him 29 shots to get 23 points between the two of them. And if you take out Davis from the Kent State starters, uh, their other four starters were 10 for 41 in the game. So uh, that's, you know, and it'll be another test with another really good backcourt, as Coach alluded to, with with Miami. But, um, you know, we talked a lot about the defense that I use able to play and, and making them take tough shots. Uh, that certainly speaks to, you know, 10 for 41 for four starters and, uh, you know, eight for 29 between those two guys definitely speaks yeah. to that. Give Trey Galloway a lot of credit for what he did on sincere carry. He used his, we've talked about Trey Galloway. We talked about a lot early in the season. Trey Galloway is quick and he gets in front of guys and he's a smart defender, but he's also physical as hell. And and mm-hmm. he can wear on a guy and he did not let carry. We carry every time he would turn to spin back Galloway was standing right there and he would run right into him. And, 
you let the guy know you're there and he's going to wind up going five of 18 from the field. Well, guess what? Sincere carry went five of 18 from the field. I mean, and when Jalen was in there too, he played great defense. He scrambled, he got to his rotations. He worked hard and it's disconcerting when you're going to shoot a three and a six, six big dude like Jalen is closing out to you fast. I mean, it really is. Try doing that sometime. It's not fun. Um, so just a really great effort by everybody tonight. Special hat tip to Trey Galloway for the work he did. And he's going to have his work cut out for him against Miami too, but, but you know, he can do it. Yep. No, don't let the box score fool you. If you just look at it and say, oh, Jalen and Trey didn't do a lot. No, Jalen and Trey were awesome tonight. They just didn't score and they didn't need to because the other guys handled the scoring, but their defense uh, and their management of the game was absolutely terrific uh, for Indiana in a matchup where they needed it. All right, coming up here on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our Game Balls and Hoosier Hustle Award. We'll discuss a lingering question or two and look ahead to Sunday against Miami and what that matchup will entail. That is next on the assembly call. Stick with us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, it's Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Thomas. Someone else who knows a little something about winning games in the NCAA tournament. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, clearly, no matter what time they end. Oh, I just dropped my water. No matter what time they end, we will be here. Uh, we may be you know, a little late and delirious, but we will be here to talk about the game afterwards. Uh, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. We've got about 10,000 uh, of your fellow IU fans who are on there, so go to join.assemblycall.com to get on that list. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right, I'm Jared Morris, here with Ryan, here with Andy, here with Coach Tom Sony. Uh, and it is time now, guys, for our Game Balls, presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. 
You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all their testing services. That is 23 in honor of TJD. And coach, we will go to you first to get your game ball for tonight's round of 64 victory. I think it's going to be Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, the the, the rim protection, the block shots, the rebounds, the points. Um, I think Race is in contention uh, as well. Very much could deserve a, a game ball if we wanted to go just someone different because the lead is already incredible. I, I think both of those guys were, were just fantastic tonight. But uh, the first player since, what, 1986 to have that stat line no, first uh, player ever. The they first just player started, ever. They just, yeah, they just weren't counting blocks before that. four blocks in 86. So, <laughs> yes, first player since 86, okay. but. Yeah, how can you not, how can you not, uh, you know, maybe go that direction with the game ball? So I'm going to go Trace Jackson Davis with a heavy second for, for Race Thompson. Kind of difficult not to go that direction, but yeah, Trace Jackson Davis. Andy? Yeah, I, I'll go with the same. I, you know, Race was phenomenal and I think he'll, uh, come up for our next award for sure for a variety of reasons. But, uh, yeah, I think when things got that, that stretch that you mentioned in the banner moment or TJD yeah. uh, emphatically shut the door on any any thought of a uh, of a rally from Kent State, kind of put him over the top for me during that stretch and then tacked on a couple other, couple other dunks just for good measure toward the end. Yeah, you know, Ryan, it's one of those games. I mean, obviously there were reasons to be worried about Kent State. You know, they'd played a lot of good teams close, and so – I think we all respected them and yeah. thought there was a chance they could win, even though we felt confident about Indiana. Sure. But what I, what I always came back to in this game is like, okay, even if things aren't going well, I just trust Trace to not let us lose this game because it's a good matchup for him. You know, and I just he wasn't figured, going out in this game. No, that and and you know, and look, and you saw it, right? Kent State gets it to eight, and he's hadn't really been playing all that well, at least finishing wise, and he's just like, uh uh-uh. uh. You know, and so as awesome as race was, and race was great, and we'll talk about him for the Hustle Award because he's a shoe-in to get it because it was Hustle that got him a lot of his points. I mean, Trace is just doing stuff that basketball players don't do, you know? And I thought, you know, I after he had that little stretch, I tweeted, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the best basketball player in the country, and Jeremy Gray retweeted it, and I thought he had a great response if you kind of read between the lines of what he was saying. He said, Russell was better than Wilt. Those who played both said so too. And I think you can understand what he's saying there, which is it's not just about putting numbers. up dominant point and rebounding numbers. It's do you do all the little things and you know and all the other stuff on the court to help contribute to winning. That is what Trace Jackson Davis does. That is what he has become. It's been such a joy to watch, and he put it on full display tonight. Yeah, so I think we would all say that Race Thompson was Indiana's the reason Indiana had that lead in the first half. He was great. Trace wasn't playing his best in the first half. In the first half, Trace had 10.7 rebounds, four assists, and three blocks. Yep. And that was not at his best. He just wasn't that, finishing. He was playing well. Yeah. He just wasn't finishing. Oh, he's three of six. I mean, it just felt like whenever he yeah. misses, it feels like, you know, the world's ending because he usually does. But, <laughs> but no, I like even when he was struggling offensively, which he was, and which is the argument for race to get it was that race did so well to keep them in it while trace was struggling. He still had three blocks and was rim protecting and, and forced Kent state to miss 12 layups. I mean, 
Then you go to the second half. He had 14.7 of 11. Again, he only missed four shots, but it felt they get magnified. They get they get magnified every time because you expect him to miss it to make it every time. And then he had four rebounds and and two blocks. He had those turnovers, but he had one turnover and then he had early and then he had two in a row where the game was kind of out of it. But Indiana was up solidly. You weren't really worried about him. The guy's just so goddamn good. And and this is the best Indiana career since Calvert Chaney. I, I people have argued Yogi. They've argued no. This is the best Indiana career since Calvert Chaney, and he shows up every freaking night this year, except for the nights where he w- had a really he was really struggling with his back injury. You saw maybe a little less of Trace than you would hope to. Other than that, this guy has shown up even when his teammates didn't, and on the rare occasions his teammates didn't. To give these guys credit. He's just that good. And you're right, Jared. He is the best player in the country, in my opinion. I He does so much for his damn team that other guys don't. A lot of guys, points, rebounds, fine. Uh, points, assists, fine. He does it all. He's a threat to get a triple-double every night. I mean, he doesn't necessarily get the assist numbers, but he certainly could. And so just, I mean, just a phenomenal performance. That I'm glad the nation gets to see it. And he's going to go out and he's going to have a great game against Miami too. I like what everybody does around him will make the difference in that game. It will have nothing to do with Trace's performance because he's going to step up and his will will not let himself play poorly, regardless of what's going on around him. And he's going to make the guys around him better. That's the most underrated aspect of him this year is how he has made everybody else better. And that's what makes him the best player in the country. I agree completely. All right. Let's talk a little more about Race Thompson now in the Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Chaney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. All right, Andy, we will go to you first with this one. And again, I think we're all going to go with race, but boy, it's not because there's a lack of other guys to choose from. You could throw Jalen in here. You could certainly throw Trey in for what he did defensively. Miller cop definitely got some floor burns and was playing hard. Like this team brought it and it's typically what they do when they have rest. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, with a one day turnaround, you know, they obviously have tomorrow to rest and kind of how they play. This has been a, a much different team with rest than without it, but we can worry about that on Sunday. Um, a lot of guys to choose from, but I think we're probably all going to go in the same place for this one. Yeah, I'll definitely go with race. I mean, to the point you made, somewhat because of the foul trouble, Jalen didn't log as many minutes as he might normally have, and uh, even TJD got a few extra minutes of rest here and there. But, yeah, I think it, I think it has to be race. I mean, when we talk about hustle. I think there was a, a sequence in the second half that exemplifies that pretty well. He had... I looked at the box score. It said two offensive rebounds on the possession. It felt like about four, um, but he, uh, you know, ends up doing that. I, I think it was Renew who ended up getting the basket on the possession uh, later on, where he was able to to make a, I think actually a right-handed hook shot. We're used to 
seeing him with the left. But uh, so, uh, you know, just just in key stretches when IU needed, he had the put back dunk uh, on one of Trace's misses. Um, but uh, but yeah, just some of those stretches of, of play, even the, the play, I think it was the first half where he almost had a steal in the backcourt, diving on the floor, um, almost almost managed to save it before he went out of bounds. Just um, played like, I think it was, I think it was chronic Hoosier. Um, you know, just kind of tweeted in the, even in the beginning of the game, like this is a guy who's been around for a while and doesn't want this to be the end. And uh, he definitely played like he didn't want this to be the end. Coach who gets your hustle award. It, it's race. Um, I just thought he, he was locked in from the start. Uh, talk about getting out on a break, uh, hustling to get a, an advantage. Uh, several of the tipped balls, um, the, the one that resulted in his steal and dunk, uh, Ryan mentioned the multiple rebound effort uh, at the one point. Uh, the The numbers are fine, um, but it, it was just the the juice that he played with. Uh, that there, you know, at times he had not had that, and maybe that was post injury. But boy, tonight was it was the best of race for all of those. Uh, little things and, and the one he didn't even come up with one but he was diving on the floor tried to back tap someone uh the guard and, and the ball got knocked loose and he's diving on the floor like that that just that that's what the hustle award should be for uh it just happened to be the guy also got 20 points and, and had a great statistical night as well but I thought he was all over the place with little things tonight and that's the thing I mean a lot of his points came in transition where he had yep. to be running and yep. moving you know yep. And, you know, Ryan, what's going to be interesting with him is he's a guy who has played better with rest, Um, you know, and so and obviously, you know, Indiana didn't need a lot from Malik tonight, you know, didn't need a lot from some of the bench guys. I think race is probably going to be hard pressed to repeat this performance again, as great as he was. And he was, I mean, mentally locked in, but he's been a guy who's been a little bit up and down. So this is where, you know, probably one of those bench guys is going to need to step up a man for tonight. I mean, this was. It was vintage race, you know, just one of one of the best performances we've seen from him. And, and you know, as you guys are saying, it wasn't just the points, the, the 20 points, the nine rebounds, the block, the steal. It was getting on the floor. It was recovering behind, you know, to the backside. It was recovering out to shooters. It was having the confidence to pull those threes and, and make them, you know, when everybody was just diving in on TJD, they gave him room and he said, OK, I'll make them. And, you know, went to the line, hit two or three free throws, but he got those free throws out of hustle, you know, finishing in transition through contact. I mean, that's huge, man. I mean, a, a three-pointer can give you momentum. It, it, we've talked about that. You know what else gives you a momentum? A dunk where you get fouled. You know, a dunk through contact, a finish through contact. Um, all of that stuff. Transition dunks. Like, that stuff all can create momentum as well. And I just thought from the jump, Race looked like the most confident player on the court from the jump and you hope that he can just bring that with him to the next game. You're right. He's been a little up and down. He'll have a good game and then take a step back and then maybe have an average game and then a good game. And, and you hope that he can bottle this, but what are the chances Jalen Huchapino only has eight points on Sunday? I mean, you, you can take a little bit of a, of a step back from race because they did it without their top guys. You know, Jalen's going to want to step back up. You know, Malik who only had four points, but I thought played pretty well when he was in there. He's going to want to step back up. You know, Tamar missed six shots, but a couple of them should have gone down. You know, he's going to be in the gym shooting, getting ready to go for it. So the other, you know, you can take that from your role players. It's about the role player group as a whole. Where do they end up? And as coach pointed out, they outscored your top two guys tonight. And, and so 
it was great seeing this from race as a senior stepping up. They mentioned on the broadcast a couple of times, he's a six year senior. He wants this, you know, he did. And he came out confident and, and you hope he can bottle that because we saw that race Thompson consistently for virtually all of 2022 until the very end. Yep. We saw that we would talk about, it. he was the trace Jackson. was the you best know, his score like this, but he did yes, all the not other necessarily. stuff, but you know, he'd be consistently almost a double double every time. And we said last year a couple times, Trace Jackson Davis is the best player on the team. Race Thompson is the most important player of the team because the energy he gives the guys around him. He did that tonight. He did that. And so I and coach he wa- isn't he's not ahead. afraid to go to him either. When, when you have a small four on the opposing team, they post race and they go to yep. race. Uh, yep. And I thought they did that early, which got him into the flow again, which is another, you know, uh, pat on the back for Coach Woodson. For sure. All right, guys, so let's look ahead here. And first of all, we got a quick turnaround. The women will be hosting an NCAA tournament game tomorrow morning, or I guess later this morning, at, uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern time. About nine and a so, half hours, it yeah, seems like. Catch, catch a few Zs and then wake up and watch the women. They obviously should dominate that game. It's a one sixteen matchup, although one sixteen matchups, not a given, although it is a little bit easier in your home gym. Uh, and certainly for a team like Indiana that seems to be built for tournament play, I think they'll do just fine. Uh, and so we will watch them. And then Sunday, Indiana faces uh, the winner of the five twelve matchup in their bracket, which was Miami, uh, who was down to Drake, 9, 10, 11 points, whatever it was, late in the second half and made a furious comeback Drake and won lost that, that game. game. Miami didn't win it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of it. But either way, you know, Miami is moving on. Uh, you know, we'll see, I'll see what the schedule is like tomorrow or Sunday morning. If we can get some kind of preview podcast together, uh, with somebody, it's a little bit harder to do on the weekends, um, when there's other games going on. So I make no promises, but we always try to do that when it's tournament time, but you know, we got two guys here that know a lot about a lot of teams. And so give us coach and Andy kind of the quick cliff notes version of what this Miami team is. And in particular, what they do that will be particularly challenging for us and where they have kind of openings that we can take advantage of. Uh, Andy, the, go the first. Thing, oh, or yeah. Coach, go no, first. Go ahead, Coach. Sorry, I, go. I, I was just going to say real quick, Jim, Jim Laranega has been known to, to play some multiple defenses, and uh, I, I think he, he ran something called the Amoeba defense. I saw him at a clinic once in, in Iowa where – I just look for him to try to try to really junk it up with a, a lot of different things. I haven't seen them play a lot this year to know exactly how much they play this style or do they double or, or what their strategy is. I'll try to watch some uh, games uh, between now and, and Sunday. But uh, that Laranaga has been around. He took George Mason to the Final Four. He's going to have a, a game plan that we're going to need to counter uh, and we're going to be able to know. But he's going to – you know, do some things defensively. And then their guard play is just, you know, you got Nigel Pack and and, and then the Wong uh, kid that uh, helped them win a few games in the tournament. Again, that'll give us trouble on both ends, I think, that we're going to have to be able, you know, to handle what they give, what they throw at us defensively. And then, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to guard those two as well. I think uh, one of those had a bad shooting night tonight. It might have been Wong was was off uh, tonight, I think he only had one or two um, from deep at, at some point when I was kind of watching their game. But um, yeah, so I, I think they're they're a good team. Uh, Andy can uh, well. I'll let you talk about uh, their their resume a little bit. Their metrics weren't great. They're not solid defensively. Uh, they're not. They have to they have to junk it up a little bit because I don't think they're very good overall defensively. 
so um, that that could be an opening for for IU. Yeah, they don't. I mean, if if you if you look at what they do well, it's definitely on the offensive end, at least as of right now. And Ken Palm looks like they're twelfth overall in offensive efficiency. A lot of a lot of positive numbers there. Really starts with the the guards and, and Wong and Nigel Pack. Uh, they're not a particularly deep team, uh, so kind of like looking in a mirror a little bit for if you're IU in that scenario, but they basically play eight guys um, and, and really the, you know, four guys do the bulk of their scoring. Uh, I would say, I think it was Wong who had the the off night tonight. So be interesting matchup wise, again, not a team with a ton of size. Uh, Norchad Omir, who was uh, hurt, started and played, I think 30 plus minutes tonight. So he, he clearly is fine, um, but he's only six, seven, not a guy who really steps out and, and shoots it, but uh, at least a guy who, from a size perspective, TJD will have a little bit of an advantage over. Um, they do play more of a stretch four in Jordan Miller, who will step out and take some threes and um, and things like that. But it's yeah, I mean, it's a pretty um, you know they're 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 statistically there. There's only a few guys that you really look at, but they've got four double digit scorers, four guys scoring at least 13 points a game. So. Um, you know, not not a case where you can just focus on uh, on one or two guys as, as you have it there. So it'll be interesting to see what IU does if they play small at all, if they really try to punish Miami by you know going inside the race. They, they've done that in some of these matchups where, particularly early on, they try to get him going and, and get him in the post. So, uh, like Coach said, Larinaga is a good coach. I think offensively will present some challenges for uh, for IU. And uh, they got the free throw line at least tonight a lot. I think that's something they've done relatively well over the course of the, or actually not something they've done relatively well over the course of the season. Sorry, um, they ended up out shooting Drake at the free throw line tonight. They took, they made twenty three out of twenty nine. Drake shot eight, um, but that was really not an area that they have uh, particularly excelled this year. If you look at tonight, they only had six assists uh, on seventeen made baskets a little bit of one-on-one there. Again, if you look at their normal stats, that's a little bit of an anomaly. So, uh, you know, really starts with the guards. Another another tough challenge for the likes of uh, Jalen Hutchfino and, and Trey Galloway to be able to contain uh, the, the couple guards or at least limit them, make them take bad shots. I think the, a lot of the things that I needed to do well uh, tonight translate pretty well into that game. And uh, if you look at offensive rebounds, which uh, you obviously struggled uh, with giving those up tonight, Miami currently 84th in offensive rebounding rate, so not not at the top, but also not at the bottom. So, uh, be interesting to see what IU can can do there if they can make some improvements in that area of the game. But it really really starts with the guards, uh, I would say, and, and so how they play those guys will have a huge impact on how the, the game goes. Ryan, and did you say that they had to press late to get back in the game? They did press late. I, I don't know if that was – I didn't watch the whole game, but I did watch some of Drake's possessions late, and I just felt like they played right into what Miami wanted to do. They were taking some bad shots, and, and Miami was able to finally start hitting a few. So I, I just – if the vibe of it felt more like Drake just needed to keep their arm out, and mm-hmm. they, they didn't. You know, yeah, I think just, they outscored him 15-1, to 16-1 to to close the yeah, game. Down the stretch. One, one of the things, how you guard a, a good post player is pressure. Uh, whether that's just eat up clock pressure or that is trying to get the guards to, to, you know, I don't know what their turnover rate is. That's something I'm going to look at here. Um, but I did know they were down and then they came back and I thought, okay, maybe you might see some zone pressure 
again, I think they're not very good statistically. What, 112th uh, in Ken Palm defensively? That's yeah, Iowa territory, right? Team. That's yeah. Fran McCaffrey-ish. Um, eh, let's, uh, let's, not, uh, let's not invoke that that team name. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but um, – uh, just from the defensive standpoint, right? And they were yeah. 33 in the net. They're the best five that I think Indiana could have. You know, San Diego State might be there too, but Duke was a five, uh, and and we're not matched up with the Duke playing uh, for the state. Would have been tough. So San Diego State would have been tough defensively because they have size right. and they cover the perimeter. So I think I would rather face Miami than them, just given our specific matchup. Um, yeah. and who, who but and I'll say, you know, Miami doesn't have depth up front. If they Saint can get. Mary's. Yep. Omer in foul trouble. I don't want St. Mary's again. I don't want to ever see St. No. Mary's again. No. I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, Indiana's got to play well. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that, but but we do and have a matchup my, where I think we can get the yeah. job done. I'll say this. Miami went 6 of 18 from 3 and only scored 63 points. I doubt that happens again. I think they're going to come out and shoot well, and I think they're going to score points. So, Indiana's got to be on its game uh, and, and, and weather some storms. And then I think they got to get the post guys in foul trouble. Uh, yep. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, they only made 17 field goals, Miami, in that game. That's not going to happen again, I, yeah. I don't think. I mean, they're a good offensive team, and they struggled tonight. So you got to figure a bounce back is in the offing, and you got to figure that Indiana is going to have to rely on its – they don't have a lot of size. They're going to have to go at them inside, and then they're going to have to hit some threes. That's, Indiana hits threes, and and two role players play really well. They'll win the game. That's that's it's it's about Indiana more than the other team, uh, but this team certainly has some ways to attack Indiana. And we have Trace Jackson Davis, and they don't, True. which is do always not. the best thing we're gonna have going for us for the rest of this tournament. So, which is nice to have. Well, we appreciate everybody being here listening to this episode of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. You can use the promo code Home at checkout to get fifteen percent off your first order. That's promo code HOME. Gentlemen, you know, as much fun as it would be to just linger on this one kind of all night long, it is now past 2 a.m., so we should probably get to last call, and then, you know, we'll have time in the community and before the Miami game to, you know, hopefully pop some other previews and, and some other stuff up there. Uh, but let's put a, a ribbon on this one. Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. Last call. I mean, kudos to the NCAA for the late start. Really appreciate their optimism that they could play a game that was supposed to end about 6.30 and then that they could clear the arena and start another game at 7.25. It's a wonder that that didn't work out the way that they hoped that it would. So here we are at 2 a.m. Though for those who are so inclined or, or maybe who don't know uh, what happened, if you want to catch up on the Purdue game, they're re-airing it now on CBS uh, Sports Network. I'm in. Really? Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, what happened gonna, in that game? I'm going to check way? it out. They well, lost the way everybody said they would lose all throughout the season. That's what yeah. happened. Just a game earlier than I thought. But yeah, there's a team way. from uh, South Central Indiana that uh, put the uh, put that that put a complete you know game plan together for everyone else to use, and some teams just chose not to use it. Yeah, anyway, it even works right. when you have the shortest team in the country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Uh, could but, do this all yeah. night, but we should probably go to bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. We could, um, <laughs> but coach is ready to get on the porch. <laughs> I'm sure the guy, I'm sure the guy who works for Purdue was in the mentions of IU tweeting out TJD being an all American has a lot of, a lot of constructive things to say about it. Um, anyway, uh, but no, no, for IU just to, uh, you know, Kent state was a really solid team. We talked about this coming into the tournament about how the quality of a lot of the, the 12 and 13 seeds, and they really have not fared well 
And I understand that that hasn't, that hasn't really, that narrative hasn't played itself out, but these are good teams who uh, finished first or second in their league and won the conference tournament uh, who had shown the ability earlier in the season to play with some of the top teams in the country. And I thought IU for the most part, never really let them believe that they could, could win once the game got started. I think Kent state led for 15 seconds, I believe is what the, um, the box score said. And, and I think that's a testament to what these guys were able to do and um, talk so much this season about who can step up and be the, the supporting cast. And you had guys do that when Jalen's on the, on the bench with foul trouble, Trey Galloway played steady, only scored two points. I think I said earlier, he had a couple shots, you know, really only made uh, only ended up making one, uh, but had four assists. I thought he played well. Tamar Bates, you know, was, was good enough in that stretch, even though he had some shots written out and, and missed those. And, Man, you know, good to have seniors this time of year. Ray Thompson, Miller, Cop were absolutely fantastic. And uh, like I said before, when things got a little bit tight, uh, Trace emphatically slammed the door and uh, and showed why he's an All American. So, uh, really, really impressive showing from IU. I think, as Ryan said, one of their better all around games of the season. Uh, as you as you really look at it and the way that they played and and, and largely controlled things, uh, took care of the things that everybody said coming in. If they can do these things, can you contain Kent State's guards? Can you take good care of the basketball? I know when we got together Thursday night, those were the two first things that I said, uh, and they did both those things uh, emphatically. So um, kudos to them for uh, coming through. Glad to see this team play again and, and looking forward to a, what should be a good game on uh, on Sunday evening. By the way, so you know the stat that I said at the top of the show in the banner moment, how Trace is the only player uh, since 1985 to have 20 points, 10 rebounds, five uh, blocks, and five steals? Well, it actually gets better. (laughs) Brian just posted this in our chat. Also, he did that without committing a foul. And he's the only player in the last 25 years to put up that stat line with no fouls against a Division I opponent in any game. (laughs) It's a tournament or otherwise. Like... It's just getting ridiculous what he's doing. It's just unbelievable. Oh, what an amazing, amazing player. Um, coach, last call. Yeah, I thought Indiana did what it needed to do as a you know four seed coming out when when the talk was this was an upset. Uh, a lot of talk about you know uh, Coach Senderoff uh, once he got off the phone uh, in a three way call and said you know that he thinks that. Uh, Kent State to be disappointed, their favorite, and they're going to win the game and all that that stuff that came out. Indiana took care of business from the start. And, and while there were moments where you got a little nervous, there are a lot of teams that were the wearing the white jerseys that had a stressful day today. And Indiana, it was stressful, but not really, uh, and, and kind of. And they just took care of business like a team that is seated uh, fourth, the 15th best seated team, uh, takes care of business. And that was so, so good to see. And, and you know, there's always uh, a lot of chatter and a lot of things going on. And, and I think they took the vibe from their head coach and were loose, but serious. And they just kicked their ass. Uh, um, and, and now they got to put that behind them with a, you know, a top, you know, 20 team in Miami that has beaten Duke has uh, some good wins that you're capable of beating in a short turnaround where Indiana has not done well in short turnaround. So they have something to prove and they need to come out and, and play a complete game and go to the sweet 16. Well said, Ryan. Uh, yeah. And additionally, Miami's got a great head coach and it's going to be a really yeah. interesting matchup between Jim Laranaga and Mike Woodson. Um, what I'll say is when, 
Trace Jackson Davis announced he was coming back. Ray Thompson said he was coming back. Xavier Johnson was coming back. Obviously, that doesn't affect this game, but it Miller Cop was coming back. We knew that. We were excited because it's a veteran team. This was finally going to be a chance for Indiana to have a really skilled group of veterans for the first time. What felt like a long time. Um, and tonight was why you want those guys. That's why you want veterans on your team. It's great to have a, a, a future first round pick like Jalen Hutchifino. It's been so much fun watching him develop this year and, and watching what he's become. But this is why you want veterans because they showed up tonight and they were not going to let Indiana lose. When Trace, you know, struggled with his offense a little bit early, who was there? Race Thompson was right there. Miller Cop, late when you needed some momentum, buried some shots, was there all night defensively. Um, their influence was all over this game, and they were the three guys that went out and won it for Indiana. Trey Galloway, also another veteran, uh, played phenomenal defense. This is why you're ex- you were excited about this team. Yeah, the young guys and they're super talented and they're fun, but these this is the bedrock that the program's built on right now. And it's sad that at some point they're no longer going to be here in the near future. Uh, but this was good. This was great for them tonight, and, and be happy for them. Uh, because they showed up in the big moment and probably, you know, what the biggest game of the year is the one where you could get eliminated and they stepped up in the biggest game of the year. Now they're going to have their biggest game of the year again on Sunday and they just got to step up there. But um, kudos to these guys for stepping up. Trace Jackson Davis continues to be unbelievable. Race Thompson has best game of the year when he needed to have it. Miller cop hit key shots, Trey Galloway with defense, all of that. And you're just more than anything. I'm happy for those guys. Because there have been times where, where where race and Miller have been streaky and have gotten grief from fans. They were there tonight. And and Trace, I mean, what can you say about the guy, man? He's unbelievable and continues to be so. And um, really look forward to what's ahead for him. But I'll tell you what, I'm excited about Sunday. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, well said, man. I mean, you know, the, the first round, there's so much pressure in the first round, especially when you're a higher seed, to just get past that first round game. Avoid disaster, avoid an upset, avoid, you know, losing to a team where you're like, man, we just played terrible. And Indiana did that. They played well. It wasn't even like a nail-biter game. They just played well and took care of business. And now we move on. I got to say, the uh, the pregame jitters and anxiety hit a little bit differently when you know that it could possibly be Trace's last game. I don't know if you guys felt that before this game. Like, I was, again, I was still confident, but it's like... Holy crap, this could be the last 40 minutes we watch Trace play basketball. And of course it wasn't cuz he played great and the team played great, but there's you know there's a lot at stake um now. But I think you know now you can kind of settle in. Um you know you, you got past this game, really good matchup against Miami and let's go, you know? Let's put our best foot forward. Let's go win and let's keep going. And I tell you this team had the look tonight of a team that's ready to do that. The caution that we all feel, again, is knowing that this team hasn't been as good without rest as they have been with rest. But, you know, it's also the tournament, and it's different. And part of the reason for that stat is because other teams have come in with four days rest, and we've had two, and that creates a disparity. You don't have that here. Miami has, you know, two extra hours. So that stat may not mean anything. Um, I'm just excited to see what these guys can do on Sunday because they played tonight like we know they can and like they've done so many times this season. And if they can bring this level of focus uh, and effort and shot making the rest of the tournament, you know, I don't know if they can beat everybody, but they can go a long way and they can win a lot of games. And I'm excited to see how far they can go. And this was an excellent first step uh, on that journey for our Hoosiers. All right, that will do it.
If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. Special thank you to Ari for staying up late and putting the show up. Ari, you're awesome. Uh, and thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Sunday after the Miami game. Until then. Take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. And... Jeff and Kathy will have doing the work tomorrow. So they'll be back to talk IU hoops with you in the doing the work feed uh, and live. So everywhere that you watch them, watch them after the women's game tomorrow. And then after the men play on Sunday, we'll be back with the post game show. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mrs. Tonsoni. There's no chance Mrs. Tonsoni is awake. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Guys, I'm on the West Coast and I'm barely awake. I don't know why. Zero. It's been a long day, man. Started at 8.30 and uh, here I am. Oh, hey, I, I thought maybe we could just stay on oh, until guys. Chad gets his... No, no, let's pull out the after. violin. I, I'd like to hear some more complaints from Ryan over here. What else? No, I've been working since 8.30, man. That's a long day. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have been. It's been constant. There's just a lot going on. NCAA tournament. I mean, I get to watch basketball for a living. There's like a lot going on. I can't on. complain, but it's been a long it's day. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's been 15 you, hours. Hey, we got Megan talking trash to her mom in the chat at 2 o'clock in the morning. Are they, go, are they go going at bed. each other? I mean, it, okay. It's, God, it's, I love that family. Yeah, this is My something, God. right, it's, right? I do love that family. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That is awesome. Oh, what a great day. So what time's tip on Sunday supposed to be? I mean, it'll be an hour 840. later. 840. So, 840. So, okay. so it'll be uh, at like. Yeah, that one should be okay. Probably. There's only one game before it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's yeah. a good tip time. I may have to miss the first like 15 minutes live, but I'll be caught up. After bed so time. I so was good. I kept I kept hearing how late the tip was going to be. I missed like the first two minutes of the game tonight. I had I, I like had the TV there were people on, saying ten forty five, but I think it ended up being closer to about ten thirty five or so. Yeah, it was ten thirty six. Yeah, and it's I, like they I, pushed I, it out and then they pulled it back. And I saw forty five, so I was like, okay, because I got home from the gym and I like went in, got some things done, and I come back out. And I'm like, the game started. Like, I had to go back and rewatch, but it did. Didn't miss much. It was all good. Ryan, you got a tough life, dude. That's oh, the worst. It's the worst, man. Shit. Yeah, Shit. You got, you're at the chicken. gym. You're at the yeah, gym. Yeah. The well, weather's like 90 degrees. It's yeah. minus 27 Wasn't he here. just talking about how much he was working all day, and then he's at the well, gym? No, working all day. I got one, hour, I got one at the hour gym. off, and I worked Then out. he misses. Damn. Meals, like, standing up today during games. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. You know. Whoa. <laughs> guys look everybody's allowed to complain Whoa. about their job a little bit i realize i realize how ridiculous me complaining about mine is but mm. you're my friends i'm allowed to say stuff like this you just complained about eating a meal standing up yeah, i was standing up <laughs> running around doing sh stuff that's um, great that is great this was just a great day of basketball that's all i have to say i mean if providence yeah. had won it would have made it even better but you know whatever that's fine. I'd rather them have hope before they lose. Here's another great stat for you. Purdue has now played 80 minutes of basketball as a number one seed, and they are minus four in those 80 minutes of basketball as a number one seed because they almost lost to Western Carolina last time they were a number one they seed. They did. Yeah. Three straight oh. years to double-digit seeds, man. Gosh. 
That's... I mean, I, I will say if you asked me which one seed will lose this year, if one, it, I had them losing in the second round. I just I did they, too. They, they were not. I thought they were going to play Memphis, and I thought Memphis was a horrible matchup for them, given the athleticism disparity. But, Coach, you and I said in January, when they face an athletic, fast team, they're going to struggle, and that's what's going to take them out of the tournament. Guess what? Shortest team in the country ranked, like, what were they ranked in Ken Palm? It was, like, Uh, inside. Yeah, just inside the top 300. I mean, hey, they were good enough to finish third in the worst conference in America. (laughs) And they didn't even win their conference tournament. They lost. But, but I'll tell you, that's what belief. That, that's what belief does. Like it they does, just man. played nuts. Like they were just sharp and, and, and played you know, hard coach, and cut their hard. Coach, their coach. A lot of people didn't like when their coach said, "You know, more I watch Purdue, more I think he could beat him." He wasn't fucking around. Like he, yeah. No. Hey, but I'll tell you what. I knew Purdue cam- was in the trouble. cameras out of the locker room until late. Get the that. cameras out until late because coaches want to talk, you know, yeah. and there's things that go on in the locker room that need to stay in the locker room. I, 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 agree. I, I hate those interviews, all of this stuff for money. It just pisses me off. Like, let the coach be a coach. The coach yeah. is going to motivate his team and say, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat him after a big win. It needs to be said, get your damn camera out of there. And I'll say this. Yeah. Let a manager open the door when the coach says he's ready. That, you know, yes. allow that private moment of doing. Now, if you win and you, you're you like, cool, you can go in to watch us celebrate. That's fine. But like, yeah, it should be at the team's discretion. I I, I agree with you completely. Those moments, there are sometimes special moments between yeah. a coach and his players that do not need to be captured on television. As soon as I heard Purdue address that, though, as soon as they I knew they were in trouble, them one bit, the fact that they even thought about it, like, why is a number one seed worried about what a 16 seed is saying? Coach, I, just, I want to get your I want to get your opinion on something. So so Painter has had a rough time in the tournament. I think we all think he's a very good basketball coach, yeah. but he's had a rough time in the tournament. Do you think it's in his head a little bit at this point? And he's, he's I, I do. Things? I, um, I do because but I'm I, sorry. I, Braden Smith should have been on the bench for the last ten minutes of that game. He was horrid, and they have um, other guys. He's. I think he's a victim of being so good that he gets a lot out of players. I agree um, with this. During the regular season, and they're never that athletic and gifted, and then they run into some buzzsaws. Um, I know it's been the double-digit seeds, but when you run into athletic teams and you don't have the athleticism, you have a chance to get beat. Uh, When they were good, like Carson Edwards and and that group, they they had a little more athletes uh, at that time. It didn't matter if they got sped up. Yeah, his formula for winning in the Big Ten, which is part of the problem with the Big Ten, too, is that grind it out. He's really good at grinding wins out with good motion so and good defense. Yeah. And I've I've had this conversation with Purdue fans all the time. In order to win, you need NBA players and athletes. But that's a flip of the coin because sometimes you get really good team-oriented athletes. Sometimes you get people who are one and done, only worried about the name on the front, not on the back, and it goes south in a hurry. Um or do you want to program? Wisconsin's the same thing. They have a system. They've been a top four team for a long time until this year, but they run into athletes. Uh, that swing offense doesn't doesn't get it done uh, deep in the tournament. They had their one run in the final four, um, but they had a couple of pros on that team, and Decker, I think, and Kaminsky. Yeah. You have to have pros to get to the final four. Um, yeah, I, that's and why. And if you I, don't, so that's why, the, I know, that's everyone why around the, here wants him fired. It's kind that's, of funny, like the Twitter. Wow, Twitter insane. is just it's just insane, right? But what he ought to do is take this to Texas, cash in, and go to Texas and try <laughs> no, to win I, with some athletes. Honestly, and then have Purdue hire a shitty ass coach. 
And then I we think, just start kicking their ass for 20 years. I think there's a ceiling on what you can do at Purdue because you don't get athletes there. You get Jay, you get it for every Jaden no. Ivy you get, you yeah. get 30 Caleb first. Who's not a bad basketball player, no. but he's not going to the NBA. He's not, he's not, he's not winning anything for you on his own. So I, I always bring up Villanova and I think that you're right coach about the NBA thing. I think you need veterans. I think you need NBA guys and typically veteran guards because they, yeah. they keep in control. That's what Villanova had. Their guards they, were, were pros. And that's why they were pros, but they typically developed, too. They weren't just right. step on campus and go, guys. Not Dante DiVincenzo went off in, a fi- in, the, in the final four, but he wasn't, like, the guy they built the, the program around. And the thing about them, they always had tournament success, pretty much always, yep. because they had both elements. And I think that's what the, the, the program has to be. Although, you, you know, Jay Wright, his first four or five years, he had yeah. that reputation for losing early, and then they turned it around. Yeah. You know, and the thing about Purdue, you're going to hear, you know, obviously Virginia was the other team that lost first. And so, and Purdue may, if Edie comes back, they'll probably be a top five team next year. It's not a good comparison, though, because Virginia had three NBA dudes in their backcourt on that and team missing- that then came back. And they were missing their yeah. best player. Yeah, and they, they were missing Hunter. So, I mean, that team was primed and ready. They, you know, they could have gone back to back. And that's that's what Purdue doesn't have. Edie's great. But the rest of those guys, and maybe Smith and Laura will be better with another year, but they just. I mean, they know. probably will, but they don't have ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. they just. Braden Smith actually got worse as the season went on. And he was playing a lot of games in a lot of intense situations. It's going to happen. You're a freshman. You're going to fade. Uh, if you're not an NBA guy, you're going to fade. And. A lawyer couldn't couldn't shoot towards the end of the season all of a sudden. And, you know, Trey Kaufman, Ren, they, they keep ta- hyping him up about how great he's going to be. He was OK in stretches this year. First started yeah. didn't do much. Ethan Morton is a one way player and he's not even that great defensively. Like, I mean, they just have so many limitations and it's the guys he can get at Purdue. And you'll get a Jaden yeah. Ivey, you know, every once in a while you'll get a Carson Edwards. But in general, the guys you're getting are really good Indiana high school basketball players and who are probably going to be very solid big 10 players. That's and not he what does he does a great job players. winning a lot of games with those guys. It yes. It's just when you run into, when you Tony run Bennett into at Virginia, a, it's the same formula. Yeah. In a, a different an athletic system, team with the a purpose, formula. you, you lose a close game tonight as an athletic team with the purpose. Um, you, you get beat. Yeah. Um, I, I tweeted out, man, that was not an example of, you know, sometimes you get these upsets where a team hits 60% from three and it's just like you were never going to beat them. Like, you know, they just it's a 12 seed who just hits every shot. They beat them from the tip to the end. They didn't make that many shots. They didn't. They just outworked them. They out hustled them. They stuck to their game plan. They didn't let there was a 12 minute stretch where Edie didn't get a shot because they were guarding him so tight on the please, front and Please back. start trying to ruin this for me. It's only 17 to 11 right now. In this. <laughs> He's rewatching it. <laughs> did you guys get to watch the game? Or did you yeah. – did, did all – I actually, I actually I did not watch the first half. Mallory, Mallory had a game, so I was at oh, that. Okay. And I saw they were losing at halftime, so we watched it when we got – we watched the second half when we got home. But Yeah. Uh, They're also young at, at key positions. Yeah. Um, Point guard. You know, three years, I mean, three years for – Three years from now, Braden Smith's not going to catch that ball that deep in the corner against the press. Like right. he, he, he's going to learn. You can tell him as much as you want, but until you're in that environment, um, but I do think there's some. I mean, how do you lose to what five double digit seeds in the last six years or seven years? I, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't feel for them. They never but, should have lost to St. Pete. Like St. Peter's last year is yeah. almost as bad as this one for me because of how talented that the team yeah. last year was far more talented. 
yeah. than it than this year's team. And to lose that game was that was completely just looking past your opponent, thinking they're the Cinderella, they're going to fall eventually. We'll just show up and beat them. And it's the same was, thing with Tony Bennett. You know, I you feel for these coaches. They're damn good coaches. Mm-hmm. They've not had success in the tournament, and you're always going to focus on that. But they've had great success in the season, molding teams, uh, and they're, it's always better with time. But as yep. a coach, man, that that's just you know, in a one and done situation, it's not the NBA where you can come back and have best of seven, and, and the better team's going to win. Um, it's it's hard to win in our league. It's hard to win a, a six team, seven team sectional. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your regular season was and so much pressure is on teams and coaches to win that tournament um and that you're not any good is the ultimate decision i just it pains me uh for for people that i think really work hard and do a good job within their system even if i i don't like purdue um there there is some respect there um yeah but yeah he, he he's he's having a few beers tonight down here in west lafayette uh See if I go have a conversation with him at at the Bryant or wherever he hangs out. But he, he's <laughs> he's he's having a few tonight, wondering the same thing. Right. I'll say this too, though. I watched the Big Ten tournament championship. If Penn State had played five games or whatever it was, or five right. days, four, four days straight or five days straight, they beat Purdue in that game. I mean, they were they were out playing them and they ran into a wall and were exhausted and couldn't hit a shot at the end. I mean, it's. You wonder if they ran out of gas, too, in order to get number one and win the Big Ten, that they just played at such a frantic pace all year because they have to maximize their ability. And that's been their pattern, The tank was just empty, yeah. That's been their pattern is to stack wins early and then struggle late, figure it out, limp to the finish line, get a good seed, and then run out of gas. I mean, that has been the formula. That's why they're losing to these teams. They do not peak in March. They peak in January. Maybe early February, but I Indiana, I mean, I when Indiana beat them, they didn't. Purdue didn't play yeah. that well. You know, I, I wasn't mean, looking it, forward to one more week before spring break. But being around all these Purdue fans, well, you know, even it, I, hopefully IU win Sunday would really make work uh, pleasant. <laughs> all, right. all right, I'm going. On I'm that going note, to let's go to bed. <laughs> Let's go to bed. Hey, let's ready. just stay. Let's just stay up until Chad comes on for who's in, who's your morning after. We could just, just link link right to that. Five and a See half that? hours till he's all that right in the women's game. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, I got I got cold beer. Let's go. Question uh, and answer. I do not. I'll be back, Coach. I'll see you in the morning. I'm going to go grab some. And... Coach, Ryan had to eat a meal standing up. He I needs to. I know. Dan has got actually. to recover. Two, two. Thank you. Two. <laughs> I am going to go upstairs and look at my dining room table and just be really thankful. There you go. Dining room table. And how Yeah, sit down and eat, coach. How tough is my life, guys? Yeah. How tough? It's it's rough. It's rough. It's it's rough out here, man. Uh, Yeah, Jen, I'm going to start my own live stream here in about five minutes. Jen, if you want to (laughs) join, let's just stay up, do shots. Coach, Uh, coach from the porch. That's what it should be called, yeah. from the porch. I, I should have done the show from the porch. It's only, but you know, unlike Ryan, it's 22 degrees here uh, in, in Delphi. Yeah, uh, he could go out on his porch and stand up and have a, you know, yeah, he could have another meal. It's in the 50s. It's there was a little rain Siri earlier. Popped on. Indiana basketball is the shit. And we'll end on that. Note. That's right. All right, guys. Absolutely. All right. Good yeah, night, everybody. everybody. Thanks everybody Thank for being here. Y'all are awesome. All right. See y'all. See ya.